The Wexford Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. Dara's a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about next week. Really I listen to Dancing at the Crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down. Just to get <laughs> <laughs> Counties like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game chair. And we had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through thick and thin. Come on, Wexford! Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Hello and welcome to the Wexford Hurling Podcast. We're recording this not too long after the shock defeat to Westmead, where we let a 16-point halftime lead slip in Wexford Park to get beaten by two. What happened, Ben? Well, the game, the game is two halves, and you can't, uh, you can't just decide not to play in one of the halves. You know, like Westmead are no great shakes, but there, there was very little effort. And Jackie Terrell said on the Sunday game there, no leadership. And I, I don't like Slayton lads, but it, it's hard to argue with them. Is is that the is that the lowest point? Especially I'd say in our um in our time anyway, the lowest point for Wexford Hurling. It's hard to know. It, it could be. It could be. Like I suppose it's about a whole year thing, and if we beat Kenny next week you know it'll be a little different but if we end up getting relegated to the John McDonough as is very possible then that will be the lowest point I think so, yeah. you know there's a lot of questions that the lad that's the main thing the lads are should be under pressure now rightly so because that was it was awful and there's no sugarcoating that like actually a guy tweeted us, tell us, lads, you can't be sugarcoating this. <laughs> and he's, he's 100% correct. It was just awful. And But at least, I suppose, the lads have the chance to bounce back next week. Well, what and, better place to do it than in Rexford Park against Kilkenny? God, they really need to. They do. Well, we're joined by former Wexford star and current under-20s manager Keith Rossiter and the Wexford Encyclopedia of Knowledge, Ed Rousham, to try and make some sense of what happened. While we also chat about the heartbreaking under-20 Leinster final loss to, to Offaly last week. We'll start with you, Keith. Have you got over Wednesday night yet? No. Uh, no, uh, I'm... I'm away on holidays in a couple of weeks and I'm sort of hoping I'd be over by then to be honest with you Ben and it's something I suppose when you get bet you don't ever really get over it you sort of carry it around with you 
maybe I need to see a sports psychologist about that maybe but it's something that I would have had in the past any of that I'd always be thinking about and I'd be always thinking about what we could have done what we could have done different and I'd be in better form in a couple of weeks but I don't think I ever get over being beaten it's just something that always sort of sticks with me really and it can be used in a couple of different ways but it's, it's sort of just that's just it's just one of those things and you, you said like you're, you're going over it in your head and trying to is there anything that you, you've identified that you might have done different or is it all just like is it irrelevant even I look there, there's not to be honest with you Gary there's not uh, we use our bench everyone on the field was trying hard mightn't have come off on the night for some players that's just the way it can go uh, we've all been in that position it's not nice at times but I can't fault any of the lads for the effort that they put in and uh, I don't I know as I said it, 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 go, it, it goes over my head and goes over my head with different little passages of play and different little sort of things we've done that uncharacteristic things I suppose that we've done like travelling too far with the ball into into clusters of awfully people and players and just getting caught up in that. We've never done that before, but it's just all these little learning things, I suppose, that the players will learn going forward and look back on the video as well. And It's just small margins at that level, uh, especially getting beaten by two points. Look, as I said, it's a big learning curve for, for, for all of us. Do you think that this is your second year in the job? Do you think that you have learned, learned and got better as a manager? Yeah, so you're starting with the tough questions already, Ben. Uh, yeah, look, I think I'm learning a lot. I think you're never done learning, to be honest with you. Uh, will you ever be the finished article? I don't think you will. Uh, until the day you start to step down from being over teams or doing bits and pieces with teams. or uh, I think as a player, you're never done learning. Uh, so I don't think, I think it's the very same as coaching and management. You're always going to be learning from, from the day you start to the day you finish. Uh, in the two years have I learned a good bit yes I have uh, have I made mistakes yes I have will I make mistakes going forward in the next couple of years and to the finish I probably will uh, but it's probably trying to just minimise them and not make too big of one is, is the key to it I think and uh, learned a lot about the players learned a lot about the structure of the championship uh, I suppose the balancing act between colleges schools football in, in both codes as well and I suppose juggling the senior players and when they're involved with a senior team I don't get them and then that rule came in about the seven days and you know you're, not, you're, you're learning an awful lot about managing players and managing you know with and, and sort of linking in with other managers as well to try to get the best out of the players for, for both teams Michael Martin was on the on the radio during the week and he was talking about the Wexford attendance I mean, they were outnumbered by four to one. Is that is that something that disappointed you at all? I suppose it is. Yeah, uh, I, I would have been. I would, I suppose, associate the Wexford GA supporters, hardcore supporters, you know, and loyal supporters, and they are, and you know, and the message support we've been getting over the last couple of weeks has been unreal. But I suppose we walked out on the pitch in in Dr. Gunn Park about an hour and fifteen minutes before throwing. And there was probably two or three thousand Offaly people there. Uh, the Offaly team were on one half of the pitch and the other half of the pitch was covered in Offaly kids tapping around like Wexford Park is at half time and before matches in Wexford Park. And you start looking at saying, Jesus, it was still early, it was an hour and 15. The majority of Wexford people would be an hour odd from Dr. Cullen Park. So you're still open for the crowd. And when 
when we came out then when the match was delayed and we came out just for a walk around I wanted the lads just to get soak in the atmosphere before they came out for a throw in so we, we, we got that 50 minute delay and we went out to have a look around and again there just was a sea of, of, of awfully support and I suppose was it 4-1 to one? probably was probably was I said there started 2 or 3 thousand of extra people there uh, I'd say that was the tops of it Gary and I suppose disappointed for the lads because as the Offaly captain said after it was like a 16th man for them and yeah no absolutely and like I know maybe with the way the things were going with the senior team even even at that time um, losing to Dublin and losing to Galway that maybe the morale in the county wasn't as high as it could be but I just thought like the there was so much joy in this under 20 panel and I thought they deserved a bit more in terms of support um, yeah, no, look, in, in saying that, yeah, 100%. And, and you know, the Wexford supporters, you know, still the couple of thousand that came up to it. It's a Wednesday night, you know, it's not really ideal. It's on the telly. Uh, yeah, that's for final, though. I know, it, 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 look, I suppose I would like to see a little bit more there. I think if we had a little bit more there, there was one or two little decisions in the game. And, you know, take for example, I think. Simon Roach gave Screeny an awful good tackle out on the sideline. The ref didn't give it. The crowd went bananas and the linesman called the ref to give the free. You know, and I keep saying we're down to small margins and people might be saying, look, you're clutching the straws here. But it's all these little things, you know. Yeah. Uh, had it been 50-50 in the crowd, there would have been a whore of a, row, or a whore of a shout from the crowd from Wexford for the tackle that Simon gave. And it would have drowned it out the, the awfully sort of screaming for the free you know and little things like that it's only little things I thought it would, look the bottom line is I thought it would be more travel to Dr. Cullen Park than there was not you know it would be nice for the lads to have a bit more of a crowd there for him yeah and Ed, Ed as, as someone who's at as many matches as, as I'd say are possibly able to go to do, do you find Wexford crowds dwindling a bit in the last few years yeah, look, I arrived up there at quarter to six the other night and I said to myself, I better sit in the car for half an hour because it won't be opened. And I don't know, I just went down to the to the gate and my God, I was shocked with the crowd from Offaly. I said to the woman, I said, is there anyone left in Offaly at all? I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I'd say, I'd say it played a big part and Offaly feed, they did feed off the crowd, I felt, and, you know, Johnny Pilkington, he was on the sideline with Offaly, a hero like of, of Offaly in the golden days. And, you know, I thought his stamp was all over that team. In the first five plays, I'd say they had four blocks, keys and two hooks. They were really, really good at blocking and hooking. And, of course, once the crowd got behind them, then, you know, and they played really, really well in the, in that first half. And I thought Wakes had done well to stay in the game and of course Keane Byrne was outstanding from freeze probably probably as fine a free taking display as you're going to see at that level all year you know he really stood up and uh, I highlighted on Facebook as you see as you saw there during the week that you know he, he faced a lot of intimidation taking those frees and I'd like to see that stamped out by all counties not just softly I was just listening to the radio on the way home and the Limerick Tipperary match you could hear the same thing the boon. I think we've got to respect free takers. They're putting a lot of time into that skill. And, you know, they're only very, very young players. And, uh, you know, a fair play to young born. He uh, didn't affect him. And it was, it was actually good to see Brian Carroll come out about that during the week as well, Ed. 
the uh, you, I suppose you, need to, you need to thank me for that, Keith. Uh, I sent Brian Carroll the clip of Paul Codd when Brian missed the last minute free. Paul Codd went on the Sunday game that day, and uh, you know he he said he was very disappointed with the Wexford support. That was actually your debut. He was very was disappointed that? with the Wexford supporters that day, you know. So uh, Brian is a gentleman, and he 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 went on his uh, on the radio show, whatever radio show he was on. And he said that, so fair play to him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually it's actually a funny one because I was just look, listening to the Limerick and, and, and Tip and the commentary was Michael Dyden and he was actually commenting about the boon, yeah, you know, yeah, in yeah. the game and about stamping it out and uh-huh. the amount of the Offaly supporters doing it and he chairman of Offaly as well. You know, I, I, I'd like to see him feeding it back to his own county, you know. Yeah, but we must we must make each, uh, every county seems to be at it now. So, you know, it's a... It's a what would you call it? A nationwide problem, I suppose. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe it's creeping in. Have you plans, Keith? Do you plan to stay in the, the under twenty role? What's your What are your thoughts there? The only plans I have now, Ben, is to relax for a couple of weeks and go on holidays, and that's about as far as I've thought. Uh, look, it's 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 no time to be to be getting down to anything like that. It's just a matter of sort of dissecting what happened and and digesting it and getting used to it and. And uh, I suppose thinking of ways you can improve little bits and pieces and see what happens in the next couple of weeks. A lot of a lot of people don't actually think that winning trophies is the measure of doing doing a good job at under twenty and minor, and that the measure is actually how many of those players you can get onto your senior team. Do you feel? Would you feel we'll get a, a good few players from this team? I think it's a really good bunch of chaps, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, great lads. I think, to be honest, the the transition from twenty to senior is important. Uh, I think physically wise, I have I have a lot of good, honest guys that are going to be twenty one next year on that panel and on that team. Uh, physically wise, are up to hurling senior inter county at the minute? Probably not. Uh, is there a good bit to learn? Yes, there is. Do they know it all? No, uh, so there's a bit of work to go into it still, but I suppose the way I look at it is that it's a matter of sort of turning on the conveyor belt and uh, getting these ads to a level that they can go and step into the next phase of their senior intercounty career, which is probably the bottom of the ladder where most people start, unless you're an exceptional talent like the likes of Rory O'Connor or Aleem Ryan or Connor McDonald when they all came in and uh. You work your way up the ladder, and working your way up the ladder could be a matter of two years, could be a matter of three years, and and in saying that, you might say, "Geez, that's a bit harsh." But in two or three, two or three years' time, after working hard, doing your gym work, getting used to the setup, training with the senior team, you're 23. Like you know, you're you could still have 10 good years of senior to kind of be hurting ahead of you after doing a lot of foundation work in the background with a senior panel. So the transition is what I I suppose. It's up to us to get them to a level and put them as a bit in a position that they have somewhat knows what it takes and what the commitment levels is going to be. And then it's up to them to transition over the next year or two or three and make their stamp on it on a team in that, in that space of time at the end of it. Uh, we definitely we definitely need them. We definitely need them. I suppose we'll move on to something more depressing, we'll call it. Obviously, those lads in the under 20, every single one of them gave everything, really. 
their effort cannot be questioned. But versus Westmead, Ed, in the senior game, where did it go wrong? Yeah, you know, sure, you were there yourself, Ben. We got a great start, and Westmead were foostering around with the ball, short puckouts, and we got two, I think we got two, three from turnovers from, from their puckouts, you know. And then just in the second half, it all went wrong. But, you know, I was interested to hear Joe Fortune's views on South East Radio, you know. He just abandoned all uh, game plans and tactics at halftime. He said, just have a go. Then he put in the big man full forward and he caught, caught great balls, scored two goals. And, you know, if we hadn't been able to stop the rot at any stage during that, and I mean at any stage, for someone to go up in the heavens, catch a ball, win a free, put the free over the bar. Do you know, like the way the, the Paul Cods and the Martin stories done it over the years? Like, you know, I think we'd have won that game. Personally, at half time, if you had asked me uh, what we'd win by, I would have said about 25 points. We're so much better than them in the first half. And Westmead were very poor in, in the first half. But once the rot started, we just didn't know how to stop it. And it's very, very disappointing. Very disappointing results, you know. And I, I, I just wonder was was people taking their eye, myself included, were we taking our eye off the ball that, that we were thinking of Kilkenny because we we had to win that game, you know, and we should have won it comfortably. It's very very disappointing, and it's probably a sad day for Wexford Hurling. And you know, it looks like now that we're, we're we're in a serious serious battle to stay up. We're depending on ho- hoping we're going to beat Kilkenny. And if that if that doesn't materialise, we have to hope that Westmead beat Antrim. Now, from the games I've seen so far, I don't think uh, Westmead are at Antrim's level myself personally. So you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a huge battle. It's interesting that Joe Fortune was saying at halftime that they abandoned all game plans and tactics because I honestly thought in, in the first half Westmead looked like a disjointed team that hadn't a clue what they were doing even with the short puck outs that go mm. uh, out to the either the fullback or number five and he didn't know what to, when Rexford didn't go to him he didn't know what to do himself at one stage he was bouncing the ball off the ground twice and not knowing what to do they scored five points from freeze in the first half and I don't even know if they had any other shots they just didn't look like a team that was at the races at all so what happened at halftime in both dressing rooms? I would love to know. The t- the thing the thing on that as well though, as is is that Westmead had nothing to lose. At, you know, at at, at halftime when I had the same what Joe Forrest said on South Radio, they literally had nothing to lose, and it was just a matter of throwing the kitchen sink at them to see what happened. Sure, you know, being being realistic about it, if Joe Forrest is in that dressing room, saying sure, I might as be bet as Ed said by twenty five. Mm. As, as 16 so let's just abandon everything and go and hurl and play for each other and see what happens and I suppose that was the attitude they came out with a bit of pride and a bit of passion and a bit of just let's throw everything at it and see what happens so we're getting bit by 16 whereas Wexford came out saying you know we're winning by 16 it could be 25 by this time is over it's very easy and probably just stopped you know, now that's that's not going out now and down in tools now in any regard, but just the mind sort of just switches off a little bit, probably more than a little bit, to be honest about it. Just switches off, gets a little bit casual. You know, you, you'd expect Wexford to score 10 points the second half at least, if not 12. 
and maybe put a goal or two with it and missed a couple of goal chances. So I suppose mindset coming out at half time, Westmead were going to throw the kitchen sink at it, nothing to lose. And Wexford are going out sort of saying, sure, you know, this is over. And, you know, tag on a couple of scores and, and the game is done. Probably, probably one eye, Uncle Kenny, or maybe two eyes, Uncle Kenny. You know, I, th- I, th- I think, I think that's what happens, you know. And so it's hard to blame anyone when you're that far ahead, you know. But as I keep saying, if we had had anyone to stop the rot at any stage during that period, I think we would have won the match comfortably. But sure, that's that's all water under the bridge now. And you know, there was a strong wind in the second half, and Westmead got the perfect start. I think they scored about. One four in the first few minutes, like which is which is a fair score in a in a few minutes, and then they missed two frees and they got one free turned over, so they were well on top for the first ten minutes of the second half. How did we not wake up? Like, it's it's kind of easy to see how you mm. you can have a lull at halftime when you're sixteen points up and think, oh, we're grand. But then Westmead get one four and they keep tagging on scores. We like we've never think- seem to say. Just we may start going again now. Yeah, but uh, Keith will tell you, they grew in confidence. Uh, and when you grow in confidence and when you're on the opposite side, as, as we were at the time, it's very hard to change that. You know, the Westmead cornerback that got the black card, like he was heroic today, really, you know. We, had, we even had the extra man for 10 minutes of that game. Mm. And then... Yeah, but... Well, we, we we have to remember it's, it's 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 not a button you can switch on and switch off, you know. And if it's slightly off, you know that 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 at half time you're sixteen points up, and you can see this. Like, there's not one person in Wexford Park was going to say to you today that at half time the Wexford going to be beaten here, right? There's no one in the right mind was going to say it to you. Simple as that. It was a matter of how much, and that has to creep in amongst the players a small little bit as well it has to creep in as you said maybe one I think Kenny yeah coming down the line next weekend but once that's in your mind you it's very hard to switch around from that I I would have said earlier someone needed to go down for five minutes with something some ailment to get this sort of momentum broke and for word to go onto the pitch and what way to set up or just change something up maybe but once the creep was there, as Ed said, 1-4 in the first few minutes, you're back to nine straight away and momentum has swung completely. And uh, it's just very hard to change that. It's very hard to change it. It's very hard to get the bo- turn the button back on and for me- momentum to go back your way. They, well, from what it looks like is that they turned their, atten- their attention to the Kilkenny game at halftime. And... I suppose the attention should still be on the Kilkenny game because it actually becomes even more important. Now, I would argue. Yeah, it's 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 going to be probably the most important Wexford Kilkenny clash ever. Now you know we need to get something out of this game. So basically, the, the the way it works is if Wexford don't beat Kilkenny next weekend, and Antrim beat Westmead, Wexford will drop down into the Joe McDonough Cup. Yeah, and I think that would be a very sad day. And I think it would be a sad day for Hurling and Leinster as well, you know. Uh, Leinster really needs Wexford. The game of Hurling needs Wexford. We're a special county, you know, and, and, and that game needs us, needs us big time, actually. I suppose the, the one thing to remember on that as well, lads, is that this is still in our hands. 
this is Dylan Wexford hands you know everyone has their doubts after today obviously and you know there's going to be a lot of talk going on the next couple of days about today mm. but it's still within this group of players to go beat Kenny next weekend in Wexford Park and we're talking about supporters coming out to support the 20s last Wednesday night and that's done and dusted but by God we need a crowd in Wexford Park next Saturday night for, for the sake of Wexford hurling really you know, and that's the bottom line. Never mind what's going to happen in Cusack Park. I suppose if I was in around the lads or if I'm top nine of the lads, it's it's never mind what's happening up there. It's what's happening in Wexford Park is all that matters. You know, go and get the results. And that's the bottom line. There's a match to be won. We, I don't think we've ever really feared Kilkenny, especially with this group of players. And you, you can see that last year going up to Nolan Park as well no one really expected it and they went out and turned them over. So it's well within the group of players to go and do it. Uh, still firmly in their hands to stay in Liam McCarthy hurling. And it's just a matter of getting behind them now and backing them this week more than ever. Uh, for anyone that's into Wexford hurling and loyal Wexford supporters, we just need to get out and back the players now that they can do it next Saturday night. Confidence is obviously, it's going to be on the floor, I imagine. How how yeah. does Gara going about go about picking them up? Yeah, but you know, uh, confidence was on the floor last year too, Ben. You know, and I want to compliment your co-host there, Gary. Gary tipped uh, Wexford to beat Kilkenny last year. Uh, was it seven days after we drew with Westmead? So I don't think I know confidence is a big thing, but with the nature of this championship and the club championship, what happens is you play your match, you win or you lose, and next thing you move on. You don't. Whereas if there was a three-week gap, they'd probably dissect that to the last. But you move, you move on now. You have to move on. It's it's Kilkenny now. And, you know, uh, form goes out the window in Wexford Kilkenny matches. And when we least expect to beat Kilkenny, we sometimes do. Are they capable of beating Kilkenny? I think they definitely are capable of beating Kilkenny if they perform for 73-plus minutes. What is it about yeah. Wexford... And it's not just this group, it's Wexford, nearly as long as I've been looking at them, they, they can go out and they can beat anyone, but then there's some terrible results in them as well. This lack of consistency or something. Yeah, I suppose you have a point there. Yeah, we, we always struggle when we're, when we're not up for games, you know, and probably today we'd be better off going in four or five points up at halftime today, probably on reflection, but... You know, oh, during the early 80s, when when I was a young, very young boy watching Wexford Hurling, we always were able to put up to Kilkenny. But then, awfully, was the problem. And unfortunately, Wednesday night, it was uh, it was sort of similar to the early 80s that uh, awfully would wait in the long grass for you. And, you know, that's, that's unfortunately what happened. I don't ever remember Wexford being consistent in ever. Unfortunately, yeah, but you know, um, the Kilkenny team that won the four in a row, like they were an absolute machine. They would, you could have any game plan you wanted, they, they, they outmaneuver any team, you know, they were so good in the air, they're so good in the ground, they had a threat for goal. This Kilkenny team, very interesting statistic about this team the last four matches they've played, is it, or five, they've only scored goals in one of them. That's all like Kilkenny. You know, Kilkenny usually go for the juggler. They're a great county to get goals. But this team, 
hasn't been going for goals. I watched the match last day against Dublin. And, you know, people are saying about their arresting, arresting players. Uh, I actually hope they don't arrest players because uh, you're going to see the likes of Billy Drennan, Walter Welch and all them with something to prove. And that's a dangerous opposition to have, like, you know. Yeah, then I suppose you go back to the, I suppose all the battles have with Kenny, I suppose, in the last five or six years. I don't, I don't know, Ed, you might just tell me the stat on that. Are we are we 50-50 on wins over the last five or six years? Yeah, fairly 50-50, but uh, they've never hammered us and we've never hammered them. So, you know, it's 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 even it's even enough. But uh, everyone is saying about the site of the Kilkenny jersey, I'm sure Kilkenny are the exact same. When, when they come to town next Sunday, they won't, they won't be doing us any favour. So there is no, nothing short of that. Kilkenny will not do us a favour. And why should they? We're rivals, and we're rivals a long time, you know. So uh, we have to get our own house in order now. And, you know, I think we have forwards to trouble him. I, I was, as I said, I was watching him last night, and uh, Kilkenny looked a little bit sloppy with their distribution last night. Now, now, they never looked like they were going to lose the game, and they're great, work great, and they're hooking and blocking is still very good. But, you know, uh, they wouldn't be like the Kilkenny team of all now. No, I suppose. And it goes back to, to the consistency thing that, that Ben was looking at and I was involved for whatever amount of years I was there and came up with, came up against that Kilkenny team. And the, the, the funny thing is, like, you'd be, I'd be friendly with a couple of them up there and, you know, from college and whatnot. We didn't do a whole lot of talking for the 10-odd years I was there. But after you'd hear the stories come back, like, they, they had trouble every team they played at. You know, even yeah. even in our learning semi-finals, our finals, like they were, you know, we weren't the only team that were beaten regularly, you know. But no, I think yeah. if you go back to Myler's, Myler's two years, we were able to beat everyone. Barkley, Kenny. Yeah, we and were Kenny, beat, Kenny were beating everyone else as well. Oh, I know that, yeah. I know you know, that. And, that, and that's the way it is. But no, just getting back to this current bunch of players and the match next weekend, I think there's a performance in these ads. I had a full faith in them to give us a performance, you know, the backs against the wall, you know, there's, yeah, confidence will be low, but there's still good men in that dressing room that I'd, I'd, I'd be hoping and I'd be praying that, you know, when they come out next weekend, that it's just throw everything at Kilkenny and just go hell for letter. Uh, when you look at them last year and they got a bit of a beating up in Crow Park against Dublin. They came back fighting after that as well. And their their tails are going to be, their heads are going to be low and their tails are going between their legs tonight. But they have six days now to get it together and give the performance of the year, really. Now, this is wishful thinking, but uh, Kilkenny are obviously in the Leinster final already. Is there any chance that they take their eye off the ball and are looking at the Leinster final as opposed to concentrating on Wexford? I think well, you should go back to the Welsh Cup, uh, Ben. They basically had a few lads that were, were on the under-20 team and so was on the under-20 team. And by God, they gave a performance that night. So uh, get it out of your head straight away if you think Kikenny are going to take their eye off the ball because by their nature, they are competitive in every grade. And, you know, whether it's a practice match, tournament match or whatever, they will, they will be trying to win it. And the other thing to add to that as well, Ed, is that Kilkenny have a chance here to put a nail in Wexford's coffin mm. uh, who have sort of been troubling the last five mm. or six years as I said 
it's sort of 50-50 on wins and losses here and there's small margins in the games like you're only a point or two either way in most of those games and a draw in one or two of them as well two draws yeah yeah like they have a serious opportunity to do serious damage to Wexford Hurling and Kilkenny don't like us lads you can you can, you can write we, they like us so much as we like them and they get a chance to put a nail in Wexford Coffin they will be going for it but we, we want them to not like us We'd, we'd, we'd prefer that than them to, to pity us. <laughs> Pats yeah, them. yeah. Well, like, it, it's... We, we... Yeah, you want... you Look, the, the one thing you're always told when you're going around is that when a Kilkenny fella is nice to you, you mustn't be hurting well against him. You yeah. know? <laughs> and when they're not talking to you, you're doing something well. You're doing something right. And that's that's the bottom line, like. If, uh, if Kilkenny were looking back at that game in preparation for next week, something that it's been a problem in not just this game, but long high balls going in to the area. That's where Westmead got their last two goals this evening. I think maybe even three goals. One of them bounced. Yeah. Um, we had problems in the league against Clare. Some of the goals were long balls in. The goal against Cork when Seamus Harnley came on, he started winning big balls right in front of the goal that came in. Keith, you, you, I mean, you were you played in the full back line. Like, what are, do you see what Wexford are doing wrong there, or is there something that we can do better to to, to stop that? Oh, it's a problem area. Gary, you to put, you're after pulling out a good few matches there now, spanning back over the last year or two. You know, uh, yeah. it it is a worry. Uh, in saying that, Wexford have a couple of days now to really drill in and how to work that. Uh, there's, I suppose. That is a reason that we've been playing a sweeper, lads. Call it a, a guy sitting behind the half back line or whatever you want, but they're there to protect, you know, a full back line as well. And you know that when the ball goes in high, that you can just break it out, you know, and we just probably need to just get working more on that. It's it's not something that you can really go at now, Gary, in six days, but you can focus a little bit on it and sort of get your structure around a little bit better, I suppose, that it's not going to happen next weekend against Kilkenny. Yeah, Kilkenny you know, smarter than a lot of teams around, they will see the, the weak points and they will go after it, you know, but I'd be expecting a big one from Liam Ryan as well. He won't be happy, you know, and like some match handling these guys, they won't be happy shifting four goals today, you know, so I think when those guys pins her to the collar, I think they'll come out and answer it as well, you know, and as Ed said, this Kilkenny team of all Kilkenny teams have been seen to be taking points more than goals, so Hopefully that trend will, will keep going for next weekend. Yeah, but Keith, the, the lads in the subs now, this is not like the all Kilkenny team where if he rests a few players, these lads that, that will get their chance against Wexford will see a chance of getting on the team. You know, there's there's no uh, Kilkenny team set in stone now. You cannot predict what the first 14 of the Kilkenny teams are. You know, um, they... they there is positions available. Walter Welch, Billy Ryan, John Donnelly, all them haven't nailed down a place yet. So for, that's for Ed, it's, it's it's the it's the ideal it's the ideal scenario for Derek Ling and the management team. Yeah, you're, you're turning around to the thirty odd lads you have in your panel, and you're saying to them, "You want your goal? Here's your goal. Uh, do you want to be on the in the 24, 26? Do you want to be in the 15 for a Leinster final? If you do, here's your chance to show me. 
I, I'd agree with you fully, Ed, and what you said a couple of minutes ago. I'd rather than come with the same team that's been playing the last couple of weeks, uh, so. rather than a six new forwards, you know, that are hungry to get one spot on a team for a Leinster final. Yeah, type of way. Uh, but look, that's back to Kilkenny. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, you probably will see a couple of new faces on it, uh, scattered throughout the team. But as I said, again, Kilkenny can see an opportunity to put Wexford down. They will go at it. But we have to get our own house in order. It will have nothing to do with what team Kilkenny put out. We have to get our own house in order. And, you know, we need a performance for 73, 74 minutes. And I think we're I think we're well capable of that. But today's performance wouldn't wouldn't be near good enough now. Today's performance up until half time probably it was mm. you know, everyone probably would have been happy as you said, one eye on Kilkenny, and if we can bring that momentum into it, you know, if but it's the second thirty five, obviously, whatever reasons behind it, I'd say Dara and the guys as well in the in the manager team find it very hard to put their finger on what went wrong. If they could, they would have fixed it, you know. Uh, but I think it's vital that we get a performance, and I say that's what I say that's what will be said throughout the week in in the setup is that we want a performance, we want to see Wexford men standing up and going to the well and getting a result. There was another stat that's kind of it's sticking out, and look, I don't want to be going blaming the referee for what happened between Wexford and Westmead. But the free count was 22 frees conceded by Wexford and eight for Westmead. Mm. I mean, eight is very low. And of that eight, they got five yellow cards and a black card. So they, had, they basically had two fouls that they didn't get a card for. I'd then, love, I'd love, I'd love nothing more, uh, Gary, than to be sitting here and telling you that the referee cost us the game. But unfortunately, you know, and I know, that is not the reason we lost that no, game. No, it's not. I know it's not. <laughs> I know, unfortunately. But, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought we were that much dirtier than than Westmead. No, no, now there, there no, were definitely some silly fouls. Oh, silly fouls, and there, and we, we there was two or three times we should have got a free now, and out under the stand in particular, two times there should have been, definitely should have been a free. But you know this Joe Fortune. I I I remember Joe in school. Joe's lovely lad. Uh, I shook hands with him after the match, but Joe has this unbelievable record now. He's after beating Wexford in minor, honour 21, and now senior. So we need to get that man home as quick as we can before <laughs> he inflicts any more pain on us. After coming close enough last year. Yeah, true, true. I'm not sure I see Joe Fortune coming back to Wexford uh, in the short-term future. Yeah, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, true. Yeah, we probably like the referee is clearly not the reason we lost it. No, but I, I did think Jack O'Connor, now he had the ball in the net, the whistle had gone, but he was very unlucky for them to give for the ref to give a free against him or on the stand side. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones. Yeah, well, someone else uh, went soloing up along the sideline and got taken out of it as well. And there was no free, but again, it's not the reason we lost. Well, we had our chances as well, so we had the penalty. We had a couple of bad wides, a, a bad yeah. free win. statistics were after missing the last three penalties we've taken in Championship Ireland. Well, we do not have a good record in penalties. Mm. I'll tell you who I think is very good at penalties now myself, uh, only he wasn't playing today, of course. Uh, I think Kevin Foley's a good penalty taker. That was interesting, actually, that we had been playing D'O'Keefe as a sweeper. 
And then for the Dublin game, we went with back to Kevin Foley. And today we went with neither of them. Would we expect to see one of them, Dio Keith, back next week against Kilkenny? Yeah, it's hard to know. You know, if 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 you're if you're picking the extra team now, look, we're not privy to what's going on in training or game plans or anything. But I don't think Wexford have fifteen better than Dermot O'Keefe, and probably I don't think we have fifteen better than Kevin Foley either. You know, so. Uh, but then, as as I keep saying, we're not privy to what's going on. I hope we don't play two sweepers. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll accept one, no. but not two. We won't. We won't go that far. But no, I I, I think you will. You will see either the, of the two lads in, in a in a sweeping capacity. Uh, I think it's what the players are used to, to be honest with you, Ben. And I, I think it's, we, we moved the ball well through the lines when the likes of Dio is there as well and Kevin and fairness to them. They're good stick men, they're good hurlers, good to read the game, uh, good to bring the ball out with them and I said use it and they can get up the field as well for a score because they, they have that attack in mind as well as the defensive side. Penalties now are different uh, than years ago, Ben. You know, one time a lad with a good blast was the lad to take a penalty, but now it's the lad that can place him. You know, I think Kevin Foley is good at placing them. Well, we do need to sort out our penalty situation here, anyway. You know, yeah, had well, that went yeah. in, I think Westmead were dead and buried. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If there's a, it's the lift alone you get from missing it, Ben. You know, it's the double swing. It's a double swing. You have a, you you know how possession and you you're down the field and on you go and yeah, hundred percent. Similar against Dublin, the double momentum swing against us, Galway. This is probably a a sad question to ask now. But if things do go against us next week, next weekend, and we do end up in the John McDonough, it's not the end of the world, is it? No, well, sure. It'll feel like it's the end of the world, but sure, I suppose, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all be back next year and we'll all be uh, following Wexford. I know myself, uh, and I hope it never happens, but if Wexford go down to the Lowry Mar and I'm still on this earth, I'll still support man, yeah? The, the only thing to be said that if we went down to the Joe McDonough, we'd get into the All-Ireland series by making the final of the Joe McDonough. We, we have to make the final. <laughs> yeah, they did. Don't be surmising too much here, as because yeah. you know, yeah. I tell you, like you're, 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 and it's no disrespect, I mean, but like it, it's, it's a harsh thought, and and I suppose it's a. To be honest, it it, it reminds me slightly a little bit when 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 Outer were sort of on the on the way down, and you know, we we drew the Martins in the relegation final, you know, and you're sort of saying Jesus, uh. You do everything you can to stay a senior, you know. You do everything you can to stay at the top level in the sport you're in, no matter what it is. It's, uh, I'm going to say, please God, next week we won't be talking about this. That we'd be able to put in a good performance against against Kilkenny and getting a result, and we wanted that sick feeling or stomach's too long. Please God, please God. We did get lucky a few years ago. Was it 2011 where? 2009, 2009. 2009, Antrim, was it? We were supposed to play and they decided to restructure. Yeah, yeah, but, anybody. Everyone, everyone knew before the match, Ben. Everyone knew before the match. They just played that match. But there was after being a meeting the night before, so hopefully hopefully that might happen as well, yeah. <laughs> well, Claire, Claire, Claire beat Wexford and 
awfully, awfully beat Antrim. And so Wexford and Antrim were going to meet for who got relegated. But uh, common sense prevailed anyway. Now, I do think if if we get relegated, we're going to be relegated. I don't see any restructuring to keep us, mm, to I keep know. us in this time. That, that match you're on about actually was the last time Damien Fitzhenry wore the Wexford jersey. That uh, relegation semi-final. He wasn't against, too bad. Against Clare. <laughs> he certainly wasn't too bad. And look at Waterford, they're losing every match they can play in Munster and they're never at fear. Yeah, look, I don't, I honestly don't believe we are Joe McDonough standard. Uh, you know, I think we're a bit better than that, but uh, unfortunately... No, I think we're a lot better. I'd like... I, th- I think Wexford are closer to what we saw in the first half than what we saw in the second half. I just I, the second half of that match against Westmead, I still I don't have an explanation for it, but we we know that Wexford are better than that. It's it's it, it, it's a it's a funny situation, as to be honest, because if you if we roll back three weeks ago, leading into the Dublin game, we were all talking about trying to get to a Leinster final again, mm-hmm. you know, and being and being in the top two, and three weeks later. We're mentioning, you know, being in playoffs for for Joe McDonough. Like, geez, that's a fair swing, isn't it? Really and truthfully, yeah. and, you know, take when, last year, take last year, we had we had Clare beaten, like, and now Clare looking unstoppable force. And last year, Tipperary looked like it was the end of Tipperary hurling, and now they look like the force. So, so much can happen in one year, you know. Thirteen months ago, Waterford were the only challengers to Limerick. They were the oh, second yeah. best team in the country. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just how easy it can swing, and and I, I do agree with Ed. I don't think we're. I I think we are a Liam McCarthy team. I think we are good enough to compete in Liam McCarthy and compete for Leinster's. And you know, as if the shooting boots had been on against Dublin, we should have got a result. I know it wasn't pretty to look at at times and there's no defending that but if he had converted a quarter of what we missed that night we probably would have won by five or six points bit of confidence then going into to beat Antrim obviously and probably look after Westmead and we'd be talking about playing Kilkenny next weekend to get into a Leinster final you know with a bit of confidence Sean and that's how that's how easy it can swing it you mentioned Tiphead you're 100% right mentioned Clare you know puck of a ball last year against Clare uh, one or two mistakes cost us, you know. And then you mentioned Watford, only team to only team really to go out to Limerick last year, and now look where they are. So it's it's, it's it swings around about it and come up and down inter county hurling is is very fickle. It can it can it can change in a heartbeat. And I suppose it goes back to that bit of consistency that Ben was talking about earlier. It's there's a lot of teams showing a bit of inconsistency over the last couple of years, but I still do think that we can challenge them all if we can stay in Lee McCarthy hurling. Now. There's, there's no question that we're struggling. We are struggling this year. We've won one game against Antrim. We lost to Westmead, didn't beat Dublin. And there's a lot. Now you might not like this question, Keith, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it anyway. Uh I was just WhatsApping a, a prominent, I won't say his name, prominent figure in the in the game. And he said to me that Wexford were struggling with injuries. You know, that was what was holding us back and I said we probably hadn't brought as many young lads through as we could have in the last few years and he said to me it's Davies legacy milk the group for everything that's worth in the short term 
with no care for what happens after him. Would you think that's nonsense to be looking at Davy, or is there some merit in what he says? I wouldn't agree with the statement, to be honest with you. Well, maybe everyone's entitled to their opinion. Uh, yeah, the facts are there and the stats are there to say that there wasn't a massive amount of young guys came through under Davy. Davy's brought in to do a job to get silverware on the table, and he done it in 19. And very lucky not to get to an Ireland final, and he done his job. And I suppose there was a bit of momentum behind Wexford as Davies there. Might have fizzled out a little bit during the COVID years and didn't get it right. But I think the little thing about attendance of matches, supporters coming out, buzz around the county, done a lot of good for Wexford Hurling. Yeah, some of the young players, the likes of Ian Carty, maybe should have been called in a couple of years ago. Uh, he's in getting his chance now. Connor David came in on the end of it. He left the football panel the year before and got in on the end of Davy. And I'm sure there's other guys out there who might feel hard done by as part of that management team myself and they might feel hard done by. But I suppose the panel he had at the time, Ben, was a good mix and a good blend. Uh, you know, and he, he got results out of the team and he got the silver on the table. So to a certain extent, I don't agree with it, with the statement. He, he's, he was in to do a job. Is it Davy's job to develop Wexford Hurling? to make sure there's a conveyor belt of hurlers coming through on it. It's probably not, to be honest. He's going to be judged on what he done in Wexford uh, in relation to silverware and challenging and competing. And I think he done that uh, to a certain extent, in fairness to him. Uh, but yeah, I suppose part of my job, as we discussed earlier, is starting the conveyor belt and getting the conveyor belt going as well and getting young lads through. But we had something like 10 or 11 guys that were 21 this year in 2023 that weren't eligible to hurl uh, under 20 and out of the, the sort of 10 or 11 that, that Dara Egan invited in probably only 5 or 6 of them really went at it you know and we're on extended panels and that's a slight worry you know that that's a slight worry that some of the guys didn't take him up on it didn't want to commit to it you know now they have their reasons and all, all good reasons for it. Some of them are in college. Some are just under too much pressure to do it. And some of them probably want to live a little too, you know, at that young age and just getting into college and inter-county hurling is a serious commitment. So some guys don't want to commit to it either. You know, it's I think Tom Dempsey said today, you know, it's it's a way of life, inter-county hurling. It really takes over everything. But we need every young guy that comes out of under 20 that's eligible to hurl, you know, that's 21 or 22 now at this stage to really come back in and be looked at and, and to work hard for Wexford Hurling if we're to go forward in the future. Or if not, the, the Joe McDonough and these type of competitions could happen, could be, you know, like you take the Wexford setup, Lee Chin is up to 30, Lee Moog McGovern, Dio Keith, Matthew O'Hanlon, you know, Mark Fanning is still on the end of the panel. All these guys are on, you know, heading the, the 30 on the wrong side of 30. You know, we lost Sean Murphy, we lost Paul, Mar Paul Morris this year. Gavin Bailey's another one that probably just the injuries caught up with him. I don't know what happened inside with training, the way he was training. I know nothing about it, not privileged to that, but just these guys are hard to replace as well. And we need younger guys pushing on that when you do get the call to go in and go at it, you know. But any of them, the guys on, on your panel that were called in and decided against it, would they have talked to you about it or would you you have talked to them about it? 
I would have talked to him at the start of it, you know, about probably for want of a better word, probably a handover, you know, Gary, the, the, the lads just meeting with Dar Egan and just sort of saying to him to go at it. I, I believe him. They're good lads and I believe they still are good lads. And, to please God they will commit to it at some stage but no they never come back after that looked at it. and I suppose jokingly with him I said look uh, you're not my baby to look after anymore you know and we had a good old laugh over it, that you're you know he's around underage development side of things now it's time to sort of step up and go at it and you know some of them opted in some of them didn't opt in and that's just the way it goes and that's the way life is but you know it's as I said a few minutes ago Inter-county hurling nowadays as is a serious commitment. It's a serious commitment. You you have to live, eat, sleep, breathe it. It's all you ever think about, and that goes. You can talk about off seasons, you know, GA closing down seasons, not. But there's no such thing. There's no such thing. If you're an inter-county hurler, yes, you can go on your holidays in the off season, but you're gymming every second day on your holiday. You're watching what you're eating. You're trying to come back so that your body fat is not high in the sky so you don't have much work to do. So the commitment levels are just crazy. And it's it's a semi-professional, it's nearly professional support, but you just don't get paid for it. That's what it is. It's another reason why why I find it hard to be too critical. Uh, like we've said it, it was a bad day for Wexford Harland to get bet by Westmead in Wexford Park, especially after being 16 points up at halftime. But I don't feel comfortable criticising any of the players because I know what they put into it and yeah. how hard they work and how they, this is their life, like they're, they're committing their lives to it. Everything else is on hold as, as they're focusing on trying to do the best for Wexford Harland. So it's all a tough yeah, one for look, us. Look, Gary, it, it, you know, and, uh, and social media is going to be a cesspit now for the next few days, you know. It's a horrible time for players. It's a horrible time for families of players. But, you know, some of the criticism I've heard since today, you know, blaming this lad, that lad, the other lad, blaming county boards. The clubs are the county board, and the clubs, in their wisdom, voted for a championship that lasts five or six weeks. There is 52 weeks in the year. We are hurling for about six weeks. Most hurlers will hurl for six weeks in the championship. And the clubs, not the county board, the clubs vote for that championship. So how are we supposed to get club hurlers up to the standard of inter-county when we're only playing for six, maximum seven weeks? Because remember, it started on a Tuesday and teams had to play. <laughs> there is no player going to improve that week. And clubs may, may have a think about this. Split seasons might be great for other things, but I tell you one thing that's not great for. It's not great for developing hurlers. And, you know, you, you have a young lad now, uh, you throw him in in the first round of the championship and you realise, oh, geez, he's, he's not good enough. But he hasn't time to get good enough. So he's, he's finished for the year, you know. Whereas, you know, young lads, uh, I had loads of them over the years that throw him in, in April and by September they'll be absolutely flying. We don't we don't have that anymore. And I think this is a big mistake for Wexer Hurling. And I, I think it needs to be looked at. Yeah, you have you have them stopped as well. Like it's not just the, the six, seven weeks because like there's the league going on around now that people yeah, are yeah, training I, in Hurling. I've been at loads of league games now. Let's call a spade a spade. 
the league is just not even a practice match anymore. Might yeah. Ah, some of them maybe maybe you're right. But but the, uh, for me the biggest issue is come August. They're no not hurl. holding a hurl until the following February or March. And how how is how is the player to improve then? Yeah. Mm. Now I want to stress that the clubs voted for that. It was beaten by what I was. It was won by one vote. So the clubs done this, not um, not the county board. We can we can criticize county boards for a lot of things, but we can't criticize them for this. No. On the back of the Leinster final last week, Keen Byrne got the Hurler of the Week, which is sponsored by Bolands Wexford. The Bolands 100 deal is back with some amazing deals this May, and you can expect slashed prices, fantastic finance deals, and unbeatable trade-ins, plus comprehensive warranties on all vehicles for your peace of mind. Don't wait. Visit Bolands Wexford Ford, Hyundai and Volvo in Faribank, Wexford Town. So, lads, I mean, Keen Byrne, uh, he really brought the game to to Offaly last week. You, you couldn't have asked much more from from Keith. No, ah, no, no, top class fella. Uh, I suppose younger brother in the corner as well. It's great for the family, you know, and good family as well. Good stock with Jim Burton and Angela. I suppose with Angela Carley. Uh, but great lad. Uh, the I suppose the atmosphere up in up in Doctor Cullen Park was was fairly hostile to say the least. You know, booing at her free taker. You know, Hooters going off as he's picking the ball, but in fairness, him nailed nailed 90% of them. And the 10% he missed, Gary, to be honest, were probably outside his range. And he was sort of just testing what the range was, really, you know, with the breeze. And he, he dropped two just slightly short of the goalpost. Uh, but no, I suppose individual display, Joran play as well. You know, he really brought the fight to Offaly and kept us in the game, in, in fairness to him. Yeah, agreed. He was uh, he was fantastic, and that's he deserved his hurler of the week award. What did you think yourself, Ed? Yeah, look, uh, I'll have to agree with the the award. All right, he definitely was the standout. You know, I think his brother Killian has the tools to play inter county. He reminds me of a young Rory O'Connor, and, and he's a very very good player. And I'm sure Feder would love that rule to be quashed that an 18 year old can play adult. Because I think if the two of them and Mikey DeWire were in the forwards or feathered, they'd probably have the best forward line in the county senior or intermediate, you know. He was very good, as Keith says, the free-taking. A bit like TJ Reid, you know, the low trajectory. And, uh, you know, it's very, he's, he's a very fine free-taker. And I would say he got more than 90% of the frees. But then again, uh, maybe one dropped short, it is, and one went wide. So... You know, he got 10 frees and he was exceptional from play. And he was exceptional against Kilkenny too. You know, that point under the new stand in Nolan Park was as good a point as Wexford have got in a long time. And, you know, uh, definitely comes from a good Harlem bloodstock and he's a, definitely a deserving winner of Player of the Week. Just just something on the side on Keane, as it's uh, we went back to play Westmead in quarterfinal up in Cusick Park and it was nip and tuck for a long time as well and the freeze probably weren't going as well for him you know he, he had missed a couple and we're under small pressure Westmead were doing a lot of fouling and we're getting a lot of freeze and he'd missed a couple and I suppose the decision was coming down that are we going to take him off the freeze and there's a free came about 65 yards out uh, <clears throat> shooting into the Dunstore's end goal we all know what goal that is up in Cusick mm-hmm. Park and uh 
I suppose there's some of her, some of us looking to see what Jack Redmond hit the free, you know? And I looked over and Jack was walking out and Keen was about to pick up the ball. And I looked at Jack and I said, Jack, and Keen looked at me and I said, I hit the free. I hit the free. And I said, yeah, you hit the free. You know, and he nailed the free. And he got one after it again in a trickier position and he nailed it about 70 yards out. You know, so after missing a couple, still the two vital frees we needed to keep us ahead of him, he nailed them and had the confidence as well, you know, to go and do that and the character as well. So just shows the type of player he is, you know, even though he'd missed one or two on that day for us, still the crunch fans came and he had the confidence to go and put him over the bar, you know, and get us over the line as well. So it's great for Keane to get it. It's a great lad and please God, he'll have a great future in the Wexford jersey. I mean, that's that's great to hear as well. Didn't didn't shirk the responsibility. It would have been very easy to let Jack up, and to t- Jack up to take it, but he took it on. I mean, I, I think we saw that in the performances in the, for the under-20s this year. Like, he's just the determination in him, like... Yeah, it wasn't the easy option, Gary. The easy option was throw the ball across and move away because Jack Ribbon is a very good free-taker as well, by the way. But stepped up, you know, put, put his name on the line... And, and nailed him, you know, and look, as I said, some great, some great character that day and throughout the championship for us, you know, and he's really grown in the last couple of years as well. And, you know, delighted for him. It's, it's, it's great to get a reward like that, on, I suppose, <clears throat> on, on a week that hasn't been great for Wexford Hurling, but it's been a bit of a down for the for the 20s, getting bit by Offaly as well. And it's, it's great that, that, that Keane's been rewarded for his performance on today. All right. Last thing, last thing before we go now. And I want a yes or just a yes or no answer. I'll ask you first, Keith. I'm going to get a result next week. Yes. Ed? Oh, we're definitely going to get a result, Ben, but whether it's going to be win, lose, or draw, I'm not going <laughs> to tell you. I'm, I'm not worried about the result. I just want the performance. And if we're there at the date, I think we might get over the line. But I'm... I want to, I want to stress that no matter what happens, we all should support our county. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Ben, I, I'm a yes. And and just to clarify, are you a yes? The way Keith said it, where he just means there will be a result, or no, no, no. Wexford are going to be Kilkenny next week. Okay. Yeah, and, and and just to clarify as well, there will be yes, there will be a result. But I think we're going to get a performance out of the lads. I'd I'd have full faith in them that there's there's still good character in that dressing room. Still good old stock in it to drive it on. And I will be confident that we get the performance like Ed was saying and we're there, thereabouts and get our line all right. Thank you very much, lads, for for joining us again. On, on a what difficult evening. Difficult evening, yeah. Very, very difficult, yeah. Damien Henry is the best of what he did to ever play the best there ever was my god it was just so good a magician I'm the youngest of the 15 uh, 9 brothers and 5 sisters they just stuck you in the goal then yeah well uh, a so called goal uh, two tar barrels Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know, I'd say, say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. 
So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. Before we go, I'd like to reiterate Keith's comments from the start. This team needs us the most this weekend. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. All right. He just flat out refused. Oh, can't really blame him. No. Anyway, thanks to our sponsor, the Enscorded Credit Union. Thanks for listening. Take care. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pain. Hello, Wexford!